Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. We're going to get into a major, major doctrine in the Bible that we believe, and that is the second coming of Christ. And I want to understand this with you, biblically, what the Bible says about the second coming of Christ, why we believe it, and why we need to live ready every single day. Because maybe you've been in church for any amount of time, and you've heard the pastor or the preacher say, we're in the last days, we're at the end of the age, Um, we're living in the final moments of time, the final seconds of time, Jesus could come back at at any time, at any moment, at any day, the rapture is about to take place, Um, Armageddon's about to take place, all this different stuff. What are they talking about? Well, they're talking about a major event that is going to take place that Jesus talked about, which is the second coming of Christ. Why is it the second coming? Well, because the first coming, Jesus was prophesied to be the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. We now know the virgin as Mary. He came into this earth. He lived until he was about 30 years old. Then he was baptized in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove. And then he walked in three and a half years of earthly ministry, demonstrating with miracles, signs, and wonders that he was the Son of God. And then he was crucified for our sins. He became sin, and he paid the price. And so now, because of his sacrifice, we can now have right relationship with God. We can receive the gift of salvation. And on the third day after he was dead, he rose from the grave, and now he lives forevermore. Where is Jesus? The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 that he started to ascend into heaven and the angels spoke to the disciples and said, Why marvel at this? The same way in which Jesus was taking, he shall return in like manner. In other words, they were saying, guess what? He is going to return. And uh, the Bible tells us that. Actually, the Bible says over 300 times in the New Testament alone, it talks about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is like not a side thing. This is not like a minor thing. This is a major, major doctrine that we need to understand. I want to give you a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. It says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is a great example of what the Bible talks about. It's one major event in two different phases. The major event is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you can actually divide it into two different phases. One phase would be called the rapture, which we believe, I believe, in a pre-tribulation rapture. And I'll talk a little bit about what that means. And then the second event is called the revelation. 
which is what will occur when the Lord comes back to the earth with the saints to set up his kingdom. In particular, on this uh, study, we're going to talk primarily about the rapture and how to prepare yourself and stay ready for the, for the rapture of the church. But the second phase is when you read the book of Revelation, it talks about all these major events happening in a seven-year period. And these things will take place, and that's what the book of Revelation is called. It's really a revelation of Jesus Christ, and uh, it's a powerful uh, study. I'm not doing uh, that on this podcast, but it's amazing to find out. Today I want to talk about the first phase of this great event called the Return of Christ that I believe is the, is the next major prophetic event to take place uh, on the timeline of things to happen, and that is called the rapture of the church. Now, if you've been in the church any, any amount of time, you've heard, uh, or potentially could have heard, uh, people talking about signs of the times, or in other words, we can call it signs of His coming. Signs of His coming is mentioned in the book of Matthew, Luke, and other places, but primarily in Matthew and Luke. Matthew chapter 24, in particular, lists signs. And one of the signs that it says in Matthew 24, verse 37, is, As the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. So in the days of Noah, if you know anything about the days of Noah, Noah was told by God to build an ark. And he was told to build it big enough where all the animals in the animal kingdom would come two by two, male and female, so that they would get on the boat and then he was going to flood the whole earth and, uh, and then repopulate the earth through those who were saved on the boat. And so here is Noah preaching righteousness, saying, look, God is about to bring judgment on the earth. He's going to send rain. And for a hundred years, no one believed him. For a hundred years, no one, they thought he was crazy. And the only ones who didn't, and maybe they did, but they still had to listen to their dad, was his family. His family was saved. And I, I love this point uh, that really will encourage you, especially those who are listening, is it's so easy to point out the negative that, uh, you know, uh, sin was rampant, people were crazy, uh, they were coming up with new ways to sin, and, and God was just, he was just so upset that he was going to flood the earth. And it's a horrible thing. Obviously, we need, to, we need to look at that. Because as it was in his days, so shall it be when Jesus comes back. It's a sign to us. But one good sign for the believer is look at how Noah's family was, was all saved. He didn't lose a single one of his family members. And uh, man, that should encourage you that you and your house shall be saved in Jesus' name. You know, we're praying for your family members to be saved. We're praying that your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, whoever you're believing God for, to get saved uh, before Jesus comes back. We're in agreement that they shall come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'll get into a reason why we believe that even further, but I believe just like Noah's family was saved, your family will be saved. But the Bible goes on to say in Matthew 24, verse 38, For as it is in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. That means they were just after doing normal things. They were doing business. They were marrying. They were eating. They were drinking. Um, so they life was going on as usual. You know, when Jesus comes, the Bible says He's going to return like a thief in the night. He's going to come back when no one expects it. When a thief comes in, 
to try to break into your house. You don't know that he's trying to break into your house because you don't know he's coming. It's not like a thief is driving down the the highway with a big old blinker sign that says, Hey, I'm coming to rob your house at at 3 a.m. on this date at this time. No, they don't do that. They just come come at the point of when you're most vulnerable. They come and sneak in and take what they want. That's how Jesus is kind of coming back. He's coming back in an unexpected manner. And the Bible even goes on to say that no one knows the day nor the hour when he's going to return. So number one thing you can do when you hear anybody say that Jesus is coming back at this time, at this hour, on this date, and you'd be surprised. People have written books on when Jesus is coming back. You can immediately take that book or you can immediately see that YouTube video or whatever and you can delete it and you can get it off your screen and you can throw that book away because no one knows the day nor the hour No man, no angel, not even Jesus, the Father has reserved that for himself, that he will tell Jesus to go back at the right appointed time. So keep that in the back of your spirit and in your mind. But one of the major things that we see here in the last days is a sign, eating, drinking, marrying, giving into marriage, is you see people are given over to the lust of the flesh. People are indulging in the lust of the flesh. Eating, drinking, marrying, like that's all, that's good stuff. Uh, besides drinking, it's not good, and alcohol and stuff, but just living, surviving. But that all that stuff feeds your flesh. And people were so after that. And uh, the same is still today. We see people doing uh, all of this different stuff. You see, like, even things are invented to make you feel better, like oxygen bars and, and all these different um places and people are all after getting high and doing drugs and trying to make their flesh feel good and it's just crazy all these things that that people are doing now that's all signs of the times that jesus is coming back when you see these things it's time to get ready because the king is coming it goes on to say in verse 39 of matthew 24 and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the son of man be so no one knows I already mentioned that, but no one knows. They don't know the day nor the hour. So anybody who tells you that they do, you can just literally just tune them out because they don't know. No one does. They, they didn't receive that revelation from God because that's reserved for the Father. The Bible goes on to talk about that likewise in the book of Luke, chapter 21. The Bible says, Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they did drink, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But of the same day that Lot went out to Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus, thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That's actually seventeen twenty-eight through 30. So, God, when Jesus comes back, they're gonna, life is going on as normal. They planted, they sold, they bought, they built. So, this is why we must live ready. Because you can see signs of the times. Matthew 24 goes on to talk about earthquakes, pestilences. Um, You see that daily on the news. You get on Facebook, it's daily. It's on the feed. It's some tragedy, some natural disaster just happened in Florida. That's part of it. All of these things are part of that. So it's just, it's it's more frequent. The Bible even calls that uh, the beginning of birth pangs, the beginning of you know, contractions into 
the giving birth basically in the spirit to the return of Christ. These, the earth is groaning and, and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God and ultimately for the Son of God to come back. So we understand that these are all signs of the times. And so we need to recognize uh, that these are all that these things are only going to get worse in the last days. Corruption is going to get bad. It's going to get worse. But for the church, things are going to get more glorious, and it's leading up to that glorious moment when we are raptured out of here before a great seven-year time of tribulation. Thank God for that. The Bible talks about another thing. For many of you who maybe you just got saved, you wouldn't know this, but the Bible talks about that one of the major signs of the return of Christ is that Israel will be reborn as a nation. Well, this happened in 1948, I believe, on May 14th. Israel was reborn as an individual sovereign nation. The Bible says when you see that, it talks about it as being the fig tree being budded again. When you see that, this generation that sees this will not pass away. We are that generation. 1948 to now, that's 70-something years. Guys, we are the final generation. Yeah, a generation can be up to maybe 120 years, so who knows if we have 50 years or whatever the case is. Either way, we don't know if that generation can be a young generation, old generation, a middle generation. It's the generation. If you're alive right now, you could be part of the... You could, you, I believe we are, but I'm not, I'm not saying Jesus is coming on a certain date. But what I am saying is we, we are that generation... That we'll see Jesus return, or could be, because of that one major sign. So we see these signs because signs always point to a destination. When you're driving down the road, you're going down the interstate, if you're trying to get to a major city, you're looking for the sign to that city. I live kind of close to New York City. So when I start driving in that direction, I start seeing more and more frequent signs to New York City because the closer I get to the city, the more I need signs to get me to where I'm going. And those signs turn into from New York City to Manhattan to Times Square. I mean, it gets more precise, precise, precise. These signs that we're seeing of, of earthquakes and pestilences and things taking place, they're pointing towards that great and awesome day, the return of Christ. But also, there's a, there's a sign before even that, the rapture of the church. And that's what the Bible talks about. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but this is this is powerful. Another sign of the time before I get into the rapture talk. Wars, rumors of wars. Jesus said, don't be troubled when you hear that. These things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Why is the end not yet? Because of Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then the end shall come. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? And so, we're living in that moment where the, where the gospel is being preached around the world. And we need more people to be saved. That's why the Bible says in Matthew twenty-five thirteen, Watch therefore ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. But James 5, 7 says, Be patient, brethren, Unto the coming of the Lord. Why? Because he's waiting for souls to be saved. 
The second part of that goes on to say, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. What is the fruit of the earth? Souls. Second Peter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some may count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance. He's looking for more people to be saved. And so, God is, de it seems like He's delaying His coming for only one reason. It's not a delay, but it is, in a sense, for more people to get saved. And because when He comes... It's, and I'm not getting into the book of Revelation right now, but it, the only way you're going to make it is to be beheaded for your faith in Christ. And I'll stop there because I'm not going to teach on that. But look at what the Bible says. The rapture. What is the rapture? The rapture is the next greatest event to take place before the, before the awesome day of the Lord's return. And it says here, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured, the Greek word, rapturo, raptured up, together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the next greatest prophetic event to take place before that awesome seven-year tribulation period in Jesus' return. The rapture is this, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That means those who have died and went to heaven, their spirit and soul has went to heaven, but their body was here on the earth. Their bodies will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then we who remain, those who are alive, shall also be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. Why? Because Jesus did not die just for your spirit and your soul to be redeemed, but he died for your spirit, soul, and body to be fully redeemed. And yes, we're going to put on a new body. This old corruptible will put on incorruptible. But he came to redeem all full human man. And he's going to put on, uh, we're going to put on a new incorruptible body but He redeems your whole being. And so the rapture is God getting His church out before this great tribulation takes place. Because I, the Bible refers to the body of Christ like the bride of Christ. And this is why I lean this way on pre-tribulation. Because the Bible says we'll be caught up in the air. So I'm, I'm going off of Scripture, but it also says that we are referred to as the bride of Christ. And um, I don't see any husband at their wedding day allowing their bride to be beaten, bruised, killed, raped, all these different things before they get married. No, there's a protection that takes place with the husband and the wife. And if God is represented as our husband, why would he allow his bride to go through such hell? And so I believe that he will rapture us out, according to Thessalonians, and we will meet him in the air. Can you say amen? Why must we understand the rapture? Because you must be living right with God. You must give your life to Christ first and foremost. Because those who are not born again will not make the rapture. You need to be born again. 
You need to be right with God. And when you're right with God and right standing with Him, living for Him, making Him your Lord, the Lord of your life, you are staying ready for the return of Christ. This is not a time to play church games, guys. We are literally living in the final moments of time. And if we don't stay ready for this return, we'll miss it. The Bible talks about ten virgins. There's a parable in the Bible. Ten virgins. They each have oil and they have a lamps. And the Bible goes on to say that over time, five were foolish and five were wise. The wise ones restocked their oil and had plenty of oil for the return of the master. But five were foolish and did not restock it and ran out of oil. So when the, when the king was coming back, they went to the five who were wise and said, Can we borrow some? We're about to run out. And they said, No, we can't let you borrow any unless we run out before he comes back. So go and buy more. As they went and bought more, the Bible says that the king came back. And then when they came to try to enter in, he said, Depart from me. I never knew you. So that goes to show you that five, half of the church was ready and half of the church was not ready for the return of the king. You must stay ready. How do you stay ready? You stay ready by serving Jesus every single day. You get up and you live, you live according to the Bible. He gives you grace, empowerment to walk in holiness, to walk in freedom from sin. He set you free from the law of sin and death. You no longer have to walk in sin and death, but you can walk in freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. You develop a relationship with Him. Notice how Jesus said to those, those foolish virgins, He said, depart from me, I never knew you. So that means they never had a relationship with Him. They only knew Him by, by word only, but not through relationship. You need to know Him through His Word and through experience through His Word and by acting upon His Word and by getting to know God. And you need to get plugged into a local church and be part of the body because you can't just be, you know, your hand can't operate without your arm and your legs and the rest of your body. You need to be attached. And those who de detach themselves from the body of Christ, they're not ready. They're out doing their own thing. People who, if you're living... And you're living in sin. You're living with a boyfriend, a girlfriend. You're not, you're not ready. He's not going to come back for you because you're not living right. You have to get right with God. You have to get sin out of your life. The foolish virgins re refused to get sin out of their life. And they ran out of, of what they needed. And then they missed their opportunity. And this is why we do what we do. We, do, we preach the gospel and we revive the church for them to be ready for the return of Jesus. And so I want to encourage every single one of you guys listening today. Get sin out of your life. If you're, and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Even as I've been speaking this, talking about the return of Christ, many of you have felt a prick in your heart. I need to change this. I need to stop doing this. Uh, you're doing a reevaluation of your life. That's what this message does. I love this message on the return of Jesus because it causes believers to recalibrate their thought life and to recalibrate their life, period, and to think about what are they doing, the decisions they're making, and they make you got to make changes because 
Jesus is coming sooner than you realize. I mean, I know they've been saying it for years, but guys, we're living in those moments where we're seeing evidence of things in the book of Revelation that we're closer than we've ever been before. This is not a time to play games. So get sin out of your life. Remove it from your life. If you got to get rid of friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, get it out of your life and watch how God will begin to come and move in through your life and you'll be ready. Not only will you be ready, but he'll begin to use you here on the earth to make an eternal impact before he comes back. You have a plan, you have a purpose on your life, and you can't fulfill it unless you get sin out of your life. And so I want to encourage you guys, each one of you can be ready for this rapture, you can be ready for the return of Christ, but you must get right with God. I want to lead you in a prayer, I feel this. I know most of you listening, you're born again, you're saved, you're on your way to heaven, but maybe by chance someone's listening to me right now, You found this in the old archives of the podcast, and you're not living right for God. I want to lead you in a prayer right now so you can be ready for this rapture. And then from this moment on, you're going to live right every day of your life. Right where you're at, I want you to say this. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you right now to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I choose today to serve you. Empower me to live ready for the rapture and for your return every single day. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved, that I'm born again, that I'm forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer, I want you to reach out to us. I want you to go to our Facebook, Instagram, or our website, zanerministries.com, and send us a message saying that you just prayed that prayer. We want to help you make the next steps in this walk with Christ. We want to be walking right alongside of you to help you live ready every single day for the rapture. One of the good things you can do, subscribe to this podcast. Listen in. As we post podcasts weekly, you can listen and be encouraged in your faith. But we want to help you get plugged into a local church. So what you need to do now is get plugged into a good church and, uh, and get committed to serving the Lord daily. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Nick Zaner, and I love you guys. I'm praying for you, believing that God is going to send you a breakthrough like never before for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to zanerministries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.